Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. With me as always, my co-host Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing? Pretty good, how about yourself? Not too bad. Three weeks until the draft, uh, getting close to the midway point for the minor league seasons. And, um, well, the Gwinnett Stripers are not doing so great right now. No, things are going rather poorly for them these days, and it's not helping that uh, most of their supposed uh, pitching that they were supposed to have early in the season is uh, pitching in Atlanta right now, or they're injured. It's just It's kind of a mess right now for Gwinnett. Hey, I know something that would make things better for them. What would make them? things better trade their closer oh well lati dot just imagine that because it seems that they have done so <laughs> yes yeah so uh yaxel rios was uh, traded on sunday this was um something that uh, surprised a bunch of people it turns out though that uh there was a really good reason for it he had a clause in his minor league free agent deal saying that uh if he was not in atlanta uh by today essentially uh that uh that he could exercise a a clause that would make him a free agent so rather than do that he was traded to a team that needed relief pitching uh, and that is the oakland a's so i guess this is better for him uh but uh (laughs) he uh he certainly will have more of a more of a shot out there and and, you know he's pitched well enough that he deserves that shot yeah, that's kind of weird. It's an opt-out of June 19th. <laughs> the always yeah. popular June 19th opt-out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes more sense now. But I think um, it's kind of come to this over the – a couple weeks ago, it might have been a different decision before his injury and before the emergence of Ben Heller. But once Heller came up and is dazzled in his first two appearances and he has options, I think that kind of left Yaxel Rios without – any kind of realistic path to the major league. So uh, I just figured they'll give him an opportunity and it's going to make room for some other relievers who should be uh, joining the Gwinnett squad in the near future. Yeah. And well, and we already saw one uh, Kyle Wilcox came back up, right? So um, he, he pitched pretty well for Gwinnett earlier in the year when he first came up and then just the numbers game pushed him back to Mississippi. So he's back up and, and we'll probably see some more movement like that too. Yeah. But, um, you know, we had talked about Yaxel Rios, you know, back when he was pitching really well and, uh, the conditions in which he might, uh, find himself in Atlanta. And unfortunately those, when those conditions happened, he was injured, right? Uh, when, uh, Lucas Lukey was, was a designated for assignment, immediately people said, oh, maybe we'll see Axel Rios, but he had literally just gone on the IL. And then uh, later on, once he came back and then they acquired Ben Heller from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays for literally just international bonus slot money. So they got him for next to nothing. And then he, I think he pitched him one game for Gwinnett, then got elevated and had, had two sterling relief appearances. And I think, I think the big thing with him I'm beyond the performance is that he's got options. So even if they wanted to do something, they can send him down. And that's, that was the problem with Rios all along. He does not have options. So if they were going to bring him up, it was for the intention. It's like either he's going to have to stick or he's so awful that they won't be bothered by letting him go. And they just uh, ran out of possibilities for him. And I don't think it was going to happen anytime in the near future now, uh, especially when you got uh, 
Jesse Chavez going to be coming off the injured list hopefully, probably in a few days, and they're already going to be looking for ways to slot him in. So there really wasn't any room for Rio. So the Oakland A's jumped the line on um, some cash considerations in for the trade, and there goes Rios, and hopefully he'll get some opportunities out there on the West Coast. Yeah, and the Braves also acquired Derek Rodriguez during that time as well. That's another reliever they can bring up and down that has an option. Of course, Danny Young is still out there. They're trying not to use him as much since they've already used, uh, brought him up three times already, and there's only two more times, right? But at one point, it was really just Danny Young and Rodri Munoz, and we saw how eager they were to get Rodri Munoz in the game when they <laughs> added him to the roster and you know, Charlie Culberston Culberson him for not quite that long, just a couple days, but uh, yeah, he was gone. So speaking of Charlie Culberson, he uh, was designated for assignment uh, in order to bring up uh, Chadwick Trump. And uh, so they, on Sunday, the Braves actually ended up not going without a uh, backup infielder. So they could carry three catchers since uh, Sean Murphy was not uh, available due to injury. I guess they're going to reevaluate Murphy to s- try to decide if he should go on the IL or not. But if not, it's an interesting conundrum here because they still don't have a backup infielder on the 26 man roster. Yeah, I think the Murphy, they were able to get through Sunday. I mean, they're going to piece together. Um, I mean, they could get through a few innings, but just by throwing some people out there. And then obviously with Monday being an off day, but Tuesday they're going to have to make a decision. Uh, the good thing about position players, it's only a 10-day IL if they chose to put them on there. So in two of the days are already going to be gone. So really looking for an eight-day IL stay. So either that'll happen or they'll just send Chadwick Trump back to Gwinnett and bring up an uh, infielder if needed. And there's a few candidates out there, but I would think the most likely candidate would be Luke Williams, who they just picked up a couple of weeks ago off of waivers from the Dodgers, because he does have options. So he would be a guy they could they bring up easily without even having to touch the 40-man roster. Right. He's already on the roster. So uh, Culberson being DFA'd uh, opens up a spot. It looks like that might be earmarked for the eventual return of Colby Allard, who made his uh, made a rehab start on Sunday. Yeah, he pitched very well, too. Uh, four innings, gave up just one hit, um, one walk, no runs, and struck out three. I mean, he, and he was very efficient, did it in 45 pitches. Uh, with the, I mean, he's not ready for the major leagues yet. I mean, he only threw 45 pitches. I would think he'd probably need, what, two, three more starts at least before they would consider bringing him up. But he, uh, if he continues as is, he'll definitely work himself into that fifth starter conversation along with uh, Jared Schuster and or Dylan Dodd. Yeah, it's interesting. So they're, they're going to face uh, Philadelphia uh, at the very uh, Homer-friendly Citizen Bank Paul Park, um, and they are they are pushing Schuster back. So even though he's been pitching pretty well lately, um, they really don't see him being successful in a small bar, ballpark against a, a real, you know, a, an offensively resurgent team like the uh, Phillies are right now. Yeah, and the biggest problem with Schuster, he doesn't miss bats at all. Uh, I, I ran a uh, thing through Fancrafts the other day. Among all pitchers with at least 40 innings of work this season, that he has the third worst strikeout percentage among all those pitchers. So uh, 
in that ballpark, you can't afford to not miss bats. And if you look at that stat cast profile, the only thing he excels in is missing barrels, at least for right now. And unfortunately, in that ballpark, even it's somebody who might miss a barrel <laughs> and they just get a hold of one even at all, it's probably going to leave that ballpark. So I get why they're skipping him. Um, and they probably will continue to do so until they either they find a better option or um, probably after the All-Star break, you're looking at the likes of Max Freed being able to return. Let's let's um I know we don't usually talk about what's going on in the major leagues beyond what it's you know, how it's affecting the minor leagues, but just Spencer Strider, he's really been struggling in, in June. I'll tell you what I'm I'm seeing from him and, and and Matt, you can, you know, tell me if I'm wrong or if you if you have other insights, but it, it looks to me, um, you know, it's it's been noted that his fastball velocity, his average velocity is down just a little bit. But really what seems to be the problem with with Strider is just his command of the uh, of the uh, slider. It's really hanging a lot more instead of doing the big big dive. You know, hitting getting get to the back foot of left handers and and that sort of thing. Um, that's kind of just spinning up there, and, uh, and a lot of hitters aren't missing that. And then the fastball command of Velo's down a little bit. Command is, seems to be a little short. He's really leaning more onto the changeup, which. Um, you know, the easy answer is, well, he should throw the change up more. And he has been, but it's definitely his third pitch. If he's throwing the change up a lot, there's something else wrong. So it, it makes me wonder if he's just, you know, at this point in, in his career uh, where he hasn't thrown a lot of innings in a single season. I wonder if he's just fatigued. Yeah, I kind of wonder uh, along. I think it may be kind of along the lines of uh, Michael Harris, just kind of a sophomore slump. And I mean, the, the, the book is out on you for the league now. And he just... They've made their adjustments. Now it's time for Strider to make his adjustments back because he didn't really face this kind of adversity at any point really last season. So uh, he's, this is kind of the first extended stretch where he's had any kind of issues. And uh, it's just a matter of if he needs to um, make his adjustments, figure out what works for him so he can get back on the right track. Because they're definitely going to need him down the stretch here. I mean, you see uh, Charlie Morton had some issues on in Sunday's game. I mean, he struggled early, although he uh, recovered at least long enough to the Braves' bats to take over. Um, Bryce Elder's come back to earth a little bit. I mean, he, he, the regression was always going to be due, but at least it's not hitting in a big way. But uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be up for Strider. He's got to be able to get this thing straightened out. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like maybe skipping a start would do him good, but I just they don't have the depth right now to really do that. No, I, th- I think it would be along the lines, let's say, after the All-Star break, if uh, Max Freed comes back, that I think maybe at that point. But, it, I mean, you can't just can't do it right now. I mean, you're, you're going to skip Strider in, in favor of Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd. I don't think that's the case. But it, w- it would really help if Michael Soroka could uh, find his way back up to the major leagues and maybe they could afford to do something at that point. Let's say if Freed and Soroka came up around the same time, I think that would really free up some things and give them some flexibility and regards to the starting rotation. Yeah. And, and to his credit, Soroka's looked pretty good since his demotion to Gwinnett. Yeah. Cause, uh, Soroka, he had a start this weekend. It, the, the overall numbers are kind of wonky. I mean, he was in six innings. He gave up one earned run to another, another one that was earned, earned, um, gave up three, just three hits over six innings, struck out three and walked four, but basically all the damage came in his six mm-hmm. inning of work. He, uh, the inning started off with a base hit and three walks, and then he got himself out of the jam. It would, I mean, it, he'd already had one run scored on him, but then it, the next three hitters after that were strikeout, strikeout, and then uh, I believe it's a pop out. So 
he got himself out without the story getting completely out of hand. I'm thinking it's things like that that the Braves want to see. Uh, get yourself in trouble. Get, get, your, get yourself out of trouble, too, rather than letting things snowball. And like you said, it's about making adjustments, and sometimes those adjustments need to be made, you know, mid-inning, right? So, <laughs> all right. Before we move on, we didn't uh, record last week, uh, but I wanted to uh, point out I did uh, mention – uh, mentioned I was going to try to uh, get to a Rome Braves game that week and then go to Augusta. I ended up not going to Augusta before because of uh, our our dog had surgery uh, for uh, for some things, so she was having some trouble recovering with that. So we stayed home, but uh, we did go to Rome, and uh, we happened to witness the Rome no hitter. <laughs> that was <laughs> that's a nice consolation prize. Yeah, you know, and it was funny because uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned I was hoping to see Tyler Owens, and he didn't end up pitching, so it was a little disappointing. But yeah, it was a co- nice consolation surprise seeing the combined no hitter by uh, Daniel Martinez and uh, Luis Vargas um, in the written uh, version of the uh, farm report from last week on outfieldflyrule.com. You can read my uh, first person. Um, uh, witnessing of that uh, that feed, it was the first no hitter I've ever seen, so it was really cool. <laughs> it's always fun to see, at least once in a lifetime. And I know you had mentioned when we were speaking before, um, about the, you didn't realize it was a no hitter until well into the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm almost embarrassed. My wife actually um, pointed out to us, "We haven't given up a hit, have we?" <laughs> I was, it, it, there had been a lot of traffic early on. There was there's was, uh, some walks and you know some errors and stuff. So it felt like the game was in, you know in the, in the Rome didn't score a lot of runs. So it, it felt like it was a tight game all the way through. That it, it and it's to the point where it didn't occur to me that none of the runners had gotten on by a hit. So uh, it was like just before the eighth inning before uh, I realized it. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm, I, I don't think a lot of people in the crowd realized it until, you know, the announcer, you know, at the end of the game says this is the second no hitter in Rome Braves history. And everybody's like, oh, hey. All right, looking at Gwinnett this week, Gwinnett did not have a good week at all. Um, they went into Nashville, and uh, they, they were, their undoing was based off of their offense and their starting pitching. Uh, offensively, they just could not push across any runs during the week. And six, in uh, six games, they only scored a total of 16 runs. And you look at down the list, they scored by game three, 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 four, and zero runs. You would think mm-hmm. to the extent they would win a game or two, but uh, the, the pitching also did not help as they gave up uh, – 11, 6, 5, 5, 7, and 3 runs over the course of the week. And a lot of it was due to the, the lack of starting pitching because you had Dylan Dodd, who had ended up had, getting called up and to emergency start uh, as a 27th man, uh, the ga- a game of a doubleheader in Atla- uh, for Atlanta against the Tigers in Detroit. And, and also, they just didn't, don't have much of a rotation right now as it is, and that cut into one little dip they had. And also, Alan Winans. Um, I think what probably happened with him is that when Jesse Chavez got injured, I think they were actually considering bringing Winans up because uh, they had ended up having a start where I believe it was uh, Derek Rodriguez. No, no, I'm sorry. It's Matt Swarmer that started the game and they decided uh, 
like mid-game, it seems like. Um, Alan Winans came in and pitched four and a third innings and threw 93 pitches in relief. So I think once they decided that there was nothing seriously wrong with Chavez, I think they say, okay, let's get Winans in and get him his working. I think seriously think he was under consideration for uh, bringing up if uh, Chavez had a, any kind of extensive injury. So uh, based on that, I mean, you had the likes of uh, Nick Margaviches, uh, Matt Swarmer, Derek Rodriguez, and Justice Sheffield making starts for Quinnette this week, and none of those really went particularly well. Uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, Soroka starts and Allard starts, and those were basically the only uh, good starts they had from the uh, Quinnette rotation this week. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Justice Sheffield very much. So obviously, former first round, you know, draft pick from from Cleveland. He was involved in some very big trades, uh, you know, not that long ago. He's, uh, you know, still relatively young. So this looks like a classic, um, you know, brave sign a sign a guy kind of at their lowest to a minor league deal and see if they can remake his career, basically. Um, so far, so not great, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's still an interesting signing. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, Alex Anthopoulos loves him some draft pedigree. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and obviously that, that was a lot of why they signed him in. He went down to Florida for, to what extended spring training for, he was down there for several weeks, it seems like. And then yeah. he came up as first start, he gave up, uh, I believe he pitched three no hit innings, although he walked several hitters in there. And then the fourth inning is what did him in this one. It was just bad from the start. He gave up six runs and eight hits over three innings of work. Uh, there's really no timetable on the experiment because, like I said, they don't have much of a rotation right now. Um, although at some point you'll you'll start seeing some other pitchers in and out of the mix. I mean, they did send Tanner Gordon down from Gwinnett to Mississippi this week, so they do have the space right now. But I mean, and Winans, I imagine, and Don will slot back in the rotation this week. But there's still room for Sheffield to make starts, and I don't think it's going to uh, dissipate anytime soon. I think I'll at least give them a few more starts before they uh, decide to either. It, either working or they'll just cut bait on him, and that didn't cost him anything. I mean, it was just he was just a free agent signing off the street, so it didn't cost him any kind of uh, capital whatsoever. Uh, looking at the hitters, uh, Joe Dunan, uh, he has uh, been on a tear for uh, Gwinnett as of late. He now leads the team in home runs for the season. Uh, had uh, two more this week, along with a couple of doubles, and drove in five of their. 16 runs for the week, uh, and the, he's had a, several good weeks here in a row, so uh, nice work from him. Uh, Forrest Wall was finally caught stealing this week. <laughs> in fact, he was caught Ooh. twice. I know. he got. He, I think he's up to uh, 41, 42 stolen bases, but he, I think he got to 40 before he got caught uh, for the first time this season. Then almost immediately, I think a night or two later, he gets caught again, but he did get a couple more this week, uh, had a couple, few extra base hits. So he did all right this week. Um the middle infield guys, uh, Vaughn Grissom continues. He, I mean, he's not uh, just destroying the league by any means, but he's had, he's doing okay. Um, and of course, obviously, hitting's not what he's there to work on; it's his fielding. But I mean, he's doing fine in that regard. Brady um, Shoemaker, I mean, he's he has struggled ever since that time. Uh, he's been in Atlanta where he's there for uh, almost two weeks and just sat on the bench the entire time. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if that kind of hurt him a little bit because ever since he's come back to Gwinnett, he just has not been terribly good. He only had four hits for the entire week this week. He did steal a couple of bases and uh, had a couple of doubles, but um, he's just continuing to struggle um, pretty much for the entire season.
moving on from uh, the disappointment of Gwinnett this week, we will move on to Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi had a really good week. They went into Pensacola to take on the first place uh, Blue Wahoos. They dropped the first two games of the series, but then they uh, swept the remainder uh, and ended up gaining two games in the standings and got up to 500, I believe, for the first time this season. So uh, really good work from the Mississippi Braves. Uh, Pitching-wise, it was an interesting week. Uh, Tanner Gordon... We, and we've discussed this number of times in the past. It seems like his first start at a new level always goes very, very poorly. It, it's been that way ever since he's been going up levels. But it turns out it does the same thing when he goes down a level also. Because when he moved from Gwinnett to Mississippi this week, his first start of the week was awful. Four innings, uh, nine runs on ten hits. I uh, gave up four home runs. Uh, it was just a really, really bad start. But then uh, he rebounded since he got the bookend starts for the week. On Sunday, he pitched much better. He uh, spit, uh, pitched six shutout innings, gave up just one hit, um, struck out three and walked three. But it was a really nice comeback for Tanner Gordon, and uh, hopefully he'll continue to excel there. I'm not sure exactly what the reason was that he was sent down because his last start at Gwinnett was actually pretty good. I think if he gave up three hits over seven, I mean, sorry, three runs over seven innings, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what the reasoning was behind it because obviously there's plenty of room for in the Gwinnett rotation right now. So I thought that was a bit on the odd side. Uh, looking at the rest of the rotation, uh, they also have some really good starts in, uh, later on the week. It's uh, three pitchers, uh, Scott Blewett, Luis Diavila, and Domingo Robles all had uh, quality starts uh, all in a row uh, starting on Thursday. Uh, Scott Blewett, three runs over six innings. Uh, Diavila, three runs over six innings. And uh, Domingo Robles, one earned run over six innings. So really nice work. And those starting pitching pitchers uh, kept them everything kind of – in tune so the offense could take over uh, because they had a big, big week offensively led by Luke Waddell. Uh, but my game, they scored nine, four, six, 15, six, and seven runs. And it seems like every year they have one trip to Pensacola where the offense just absolutely goes nuts. And this is without the likes of Drew Lugbauer because he can hurt um, in the first game of the week. He had a, a double and, um, and then got pulled almost immediately after getting the double with some sort of injury and haven't heard anything since then. And he didn't play anymore during the week. He was placed on the injured list, but rest of the offense took over. Like I said, Waddell was 12 of 24 for the week, scored nine runs, drove in nine runs, had three home runs and including a grand slam. And it was a really, really good week for him. And the offense just all the way across the board did very well. Uh, Jesse Franklin um, showed some good power this week. He had a couple of home runs. Uh, Cade Bunnell, it seems like there's about a two-week stretch every year where he turns into peak Barry Bonds, and he had a uh, really good week as well. Had a couple of home runs, drove in eight, including a uh, – and this is something he'll always remember – got a grand slam off of rehabbing MLB pitcher Johnny Cueto. So really nice moment for Mr. Bunnell. Yeah, that's a, that's one for the for the uh, trophy case. Hopefully, you got that one back. Uh, and hopefully, got Quito to sign it as well. <laughs> uh, in the in the bullpen, there's a couple of interesting uh, arms in there right now. Uh, Baseball Hernandez has been on a rehab assignment in Mississippi here for a bit. He's pitched in seven games. He's covered eight innings, and he hasn't allowed a run to score yet. Um, he pitched two and a third innings this week, and uh, also uh, earned a save in the process. It's interesting in that. Um, during this time, he hasn't striking out a whole lot of batters. He's only averaging about seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but he's also not walking anybody. And, every, and everything we've seen from Daysmore Hernandez in the past is he walks people. He walks a lot of people, but he's only given up about two and a half walks per nine in Mississippi so far. So I find that kind of interesting. Um, I don't know how long they'll let him keep pitching at Mississippi before they bump him up to Gwinnett, but um, 
he seems to be doing pretty well as of this point. Also, um, pitcher has been very well in the Mississippi bullpen is Victor Vodnik. He's been on a run here as a flight. He uh, pitched three and two thirds innings this week. Didn't give up any runs. Uh, his inning, uh, his uh, appearance on Sunday was very interesting. Uh, he was, came in relief, Siegel, and Siegel had walked uh, three straight hitters to open up the inning. Vonnick came in. He ended up walking one of the runs in, but then he struck out a couple of batters there. And then in the ninth inning, he walked a batter, and then he struck out the side. So every batter he retired was by a strikeout. And Vonnick has been on a tear since uh, May 3rd. He has pitched 21 and a third innings, given up just 11 hits, two runs, 33 strikeouts and 12 walks. And during that time, he has an ERA of 0.84 in over the last six weeks. So I kind of wonder how long, much longer they're going to keep him at Mississippi or if they want to bump him up to Gwinnett and get a look to see what they've got in him or if they're just going to keep letting him develop a little while longer. Because uh, this is one of the few extended streaks of good health he's had over the last couple of years. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, obviously, a well-regarded arm still in the organization, um, but I could see them go either way with this. Yeah, and I, I would also wouldn't be super shocked if they left him keep rolling at Mississippi and possibly use him as trade bait at the deadline. Yeah, I hate that term, trade bait. I know. <laughs> but we're getting that time of year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I uh, want to look at one of the other hitters. Uh, another hitter to keep your eye um, on um, – Talk about Drew Lugbauer and in, in the past. We, we talked about him forever. Uh, he's basically a three outcome, true, uh, true outcome type of player. He found his right handed counterpart in uh, Brandon Stevens. Uh, he's going to be taking over first base some in the absence of Lugbauer, but he also is playing a good amount of outfield. For the week, uh, Stevens was only six out of 24, but he's also homered in three straight games. And he's been going very well here as of late. And for the month of June, he is uh, batting. 268 with a 359 on base and a 696 slugging for a 1.056 OPS for the month of uh, June. And he's just steadily improving. He's, I mean, he's kind of an all or nothing kind of guy. He could, he's striking out a lot. His uh, K rate somewhere in the mid 30% range, but he's got the power to go along with it. And when he's hitting home runs, they're not just wall scrapers either. He's hitting moonshots <laughs> uh, over the batters or out of the ballpark completely. So it, 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 he's, hitting some really impressive shots. Go down to Rome. They've been on a northern swing. The first part was at Hudson Valley. Um, Hudson Valley, uh, Yankees Farm Club, really strong pitching, and uh, Rome's offense have been struggling anyway. That is not a good mix. They ended up dropping uh, four of the six games. Interestingly, uh, along with them on this ride, Brooks Wilson, who uh, was uh, on the 40-man roster last year rehabbing for our um, Tommy John surgery. He had um, sustained the UCL damage um, in spring training, like literally right after he was optioned, and then uh, he had to go on the uh, injured list for the rest of the season. Uh, he finally is back on rehab assignment, so he is with Rome uh, on this road trip and had a good first outing, uh, pitched a scoreless inning. So uh, it, he was really, really good 
Matt, in uh, 2021. So uh, uh, hopefully you can come back 27 years old now. So, um, you know, n- not a spring chicken by any any stretch, but, uh, you know, a possible late season promote um, if, you know, to Atlanta, if everything goes super well. Yeah, because the beginning of last season and in 2022, I mean, he was on the 40-man roster and he was performing well in spring training. I think he he would have made his major league debut last year. It may not have been he may not have made the opening day roster, but with uh, being on the 40-man roster and uh, having options, he certainly would have gotten some major league time in last season. So that, that was really uh, tough for him. But uh, if if he can pitch to his potential and he's healthy, I think he'll work his way up in a hurry. I wouldn't be surprised if he and uh, Daysball Hernandez were kind of uh, promoted in tandem where Hernandez moves up to Gwinnett and uh, Wilson goes up to Mississippi over the next week or two. Yeah, that seems very likely. Offensively, Rome uh, didn't really, like I said, didn't really have much going. Uh, Nacho Alvarez uh, still continues to get on base. Uh, he was 7 for 25 with three walks uh, and a hit by pitch. Kevin Kil- uh, Kilpatrick did okay in the leadoff spot, hit a- another home run, stole two base, but he also struck out 10 times, which is less than ideal. Uh, Brandon Mosquita came back from the IL. Uh, he'd been on there for about three weeks um, and uh, but only played in one game. So obviously I don't think he's like quite all the way back. Uh, he got a triple in that game, but also managed to hit into ground into three double plays. And then on another at bat hit a ball into the outfield that was caught, uh, Adam Zabrowski tried to score from third uh, and uh, was thrown out of the plate. Technically, that's not a double play, but, um, um, <laughs> but he, he, he nevertheless hit the ball and two outs was the result. Okay, and that, <laughs> I mean, and that happened. That happened four times that game. <laughs> pretty tough to account for eight outs in a nine-inning game. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Um, so... You know, he may have gone back to the oven for some more baking. I don't know. Um, uh, starting pitching wise, again, not real great. Uh, Daniel Martinez of the aforementioned uh, no hitter finally allowed some runs. It was his first runs allowed since May 11th. He had gone three starts without allowing a run, uh, but he allowed four runs, three of them earned in five innings. Um, it was his first loss since he pitched for Mississippi back on April 15th. Our OFR pitcher of the week was actually Roldy Munoz, who didn't start this week, uh, but he had a five-inning piggyback performance in relief of Tyler Owens, who also pitched well. He went four innings, and uh, between the two of them, uh, threw a three-hit shutout the, that Rome won one to nothing. Rome also <laughs> only getting three hits in that game. So, uh, so between Owens and Munoz, a terrifically pitched game, and Munoz getting our award. <laughs> All right, moving on to Augusta, uh, they hosted uh, the Carolina Mudcats last week. Uh, they ended up splitting that series, and um, unfortunately, Myrtle Beach has really taken off. And uh, now Augusta is eight games back in fourth place and uh, does not look likely to make much noise here in the first half. So they will have to hope that they will um, resurge in the second half here if they hope to make the playoffs this year. The best start of the of the week for Augusta was Jorge Bautista. Almost got our OFR Pitcher of the Week through a season-high seven innings and only allowed one run, and the Augusta ended up winning that one 
Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach also had a pretty good start. Uh, six inning, we're always looking at his pitch count. He had a, a season-high 76 pitches and allowed two runs, struck out six. And then uh, first-round pick Owen Murphy, we always want to check on him. Um, again, he's been kind of on a rough patch here a little bit. He allowed four runs in five innings. Um, walks continue to be a problem for him. Uh, home runs continue to be a problem with him. He's allowed now five home runs in his last four starts. And just looking at him a little bit, Matt, um, I, it's Velo seems to be down a little bit. His, um, I wouldn't say his command is off, but it's not, it's not super fine either, right? Um, I think just things that he was getting with away with maybe earlier in the season, he's now getting hit on. Um, I think he's probably just the league adjusting to him. So as again, he's got to make some adjustments back. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that you got to work through in your first season of full season ball. Yep. Uh, speaking of stuff that people need to work through, Ambarius Tavares <laughs> uh, returned to the lineup. He had been sent back down to the FCL uh, back in late May uh, to work on, uh, I assume his offense, his, uh, his defense is really, really good, um, but he strikes out a lot. He uh, never appeared in an FCL game, uh, but he uh, arrived back uh, to Augusta, took over the leadoff spot, and... Um, you know, got on base a lot. He was, he had a 370 on base percentage, even though he got four hits, he stole three bases, but he also struck out 10 times. So, um, still some work to do there for Mr. Tavares to, um, he's 19 years old. So that's fine. Yeah, I found it odd, just odd that he was sent down to FCL and he was only there for like a week. I don't know if they thought they fixed something or found something easily identifiable, but uh, whatever they did, it doesn't seem to be taking. Yeah, I we'll see. Ethan Workinger, who had been in the leadoff hitter, he continues to hit. Um, he got our OFR Position Player of the Week award. From the three spot, he hit uh, .378 on the week with uh, two doubles, three homers, and knocked in 12 runs. So um, uh, congratulations, Workinger. I think this is the second time he's been OFR Position Player of the Week. At this point, I don't know what he's doing, still doing down there. Um, they might just be waiting for the draft to come up and start pushing people up. Um, I imagine there's several guys that might end up in Rome before the end of the year. Yeah. And but I mean, plus we'll have the uh, uh, mid season all-star break coming up. So yeah, maybe give them what about, let's say three more weeks or so and could very well move up after that. Yeah. Moving on to seeing what's going on in the complex leagues, uh, we didn't we didn't record last week, so we uh, weren't able to mark the start of the uh, summer league. So in the DSL, basically all eyes are on uh, Luis Guanipa, uh, the uh, top international prospect signed uh, back in January, and it's been so far so good with uh, Guanipa. He's already got three home runs on the season and stolen some bases, um, showing that athleticism that. Uh, I know uh, all the uh, Braves international group were kind of salivating about. Uh, so he, the only blemish so far, he was hit uh, with a pitch on Friday of last week. It looks like they held him out Saturday, but he was back in the lineup today. So it doesn't look like any uh, lasting problems. You know, onto the FCL Braves, 
the uh, the story there was the Braves signing of ten year major league veteran Jesus Aguilar. Uh, most Braves fans will know him from his time with uh, Miami, where he would often pick fake fights with uh, Ozzy <laughs> Albies and, and those guys. He seemed, it, seems like it a, was considerably smaller than Aguilar. <laughs> yes, uh, he seem, seems seems like he he already is. Uh, you know, has a maybe a good rapport with the with some of the uh, brave Atlanta Brave guys already. But uh, he's down in the FCL uh, again. He was he was. Um, this looks like another. Um, see if we can uh, pick up this guy, polish him up. Um, the Braves have had some good success with that. Um, notably, you know, our starting shortstop right now, Orlando Arcia, was kind of like that. You know, and. Uh, uh, Adam Duvall was kind of like that, where they spent, you know, considerable time in the minor leagues, kind of remaking their offensive game, and then eventually that paying out, you know, pretty big dividends for the big league club. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if uh, anything like that happens with Jesus uh, Aguilar, uh, defensively challenged, right? So um, you know, plays first base sort of. Um, so this might this you know I think if if everything goes really good he might be a power bat off the bench maybe for around the playoff time uh but if not it's um it's a no risk kind of thing yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he pops up in Gwinnett here in the next week or two and gets kind of splits between uh first base and dh just getting at bats and let's forbid that something may happen to uh, matt olsen at the major league level or uh marcelo zuna that maybe they would consider adding him to the 40-man roster and uh giving him some run if either one of those guys has to miss any extended period of time. Yep. And we talked about uh, Rodri Munoz coming to Atlanta. He, he did not appear in Atlanta and I think they sent him the FCL. I, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to maybe stretch him back out maybe to start since it doesn't look like now that, you know, Rodriguez and young and uh, Heller and, you know, all these guys are now able to, you know, come up and down, you know, pretty easily to Atlanta they don't have to worry about having to call Munoz up again. They may be stretching him out to start. Yeah, and I believe he pitched in a FCL game. He started the game, but only pitched one inning. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I think they're just trying to get him at least a little bit of work in, but I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if that was the case also. But even once they start stretching him out, I don't think they would bring him all the way back up to Gwinnett. I think there might be, a, say, go right to Mississippi because uh, – yeah, that's where he started the season as the opening day starter. And then when they decided to convert him to the bullpen, that's when they moved him up to Gwinnett. So once they get him stretched, if, if they, that's the route they go, if they get him stretched out again, I would think Mississippi would be kind of his final destination uh, to get rolling there. Yeah. And it, it just shows you how hard it is for teams to devote 40 man roster spots to guys that just, you know, are not really candidates to pitch at the major league level. Right. Um, and, <laughs> Munoz really isn't that yet, right? Yeah, we saw the same thing with uh, Giselle De La Cruz over the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. where they were on the, right. he was on the 40-man roster, but he was no threat to contribute at the major league level. Yeah. And as for the prospects down in uh, the FCL, um, Douglas Glode uh, had a really nice week last week. Uh, seven for 13, had a home run. So um, after kind of a – you know, a little bit of a disappointing uh, DSL season last year. Um, looks like he's off to a, a better start uh, for the FCL Braves. And I think that's going to do it for that. Anything else you want to talk about, Matt? No, I think we're uh, we're getting close to midseason for these uh, minor league squads. Uh, 
and I think you're going to start seeing a lot of movement here over the next few weeks, especially once the draft kicks in. And like you said, we're probably about three weeks away from that. And obviously, we'll be reviewing that once it happens as well. Yep. All right. With that, we'll wish everybody a happy week. Have a good one. No. Le bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal, tout ça m'est bien égal. Non, rien de rien. Non, je ne regrette rien. C'est payé. Mes chagrins, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Ça commence à...